Hey there, and thank you for listening to the Live Oak Church Podcast. We thank you for joining us today. The sermon notes are available on a PDF file at www.liveoakji.org. Here is Pastor Sean. The undeserved grace comes from God that we have been given grace. That he, she has chosen, he, God has chosen Mary for this incredible responsibility. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And then you have verse 50 that is kind of the transition verse. And, he, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And then you have verses 51 through 55, kind of the, the, the transition, uh, the stanza two, if you will, of the song of Mary. And it is the rescuing power. The theme is the rescuing power. And she says, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. What she is doing, what's interesting is if you study this, if you study this song of Mary, you, you see this interesting transition. It's all about me at first, and, and not in a selfish way, but it's her story. And then she transitions from me to we. It's almost like she begins to understand the weight of this experience. It's like at first it is very understandable to recognize that yes, I have been chosen to carry the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And there's a lot to process there. But then you can see her begin to process what it means for the world that I am carrying the Son of the living God the Savior of the world. And now it's not just about her. You're seeing her perspective go from the me to the we. And she's saying, you know, now she's saying he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty. You see, she, it changes. The tone changes from about what God has done for her to now what he is going to do what God is going to do. And you see a, a, you see the heart of Mary here, which if you look at it, and then a few chapters later, when you start reading the red letters, it's interesting to me. And I'm going to point this out because we don't have small groups this week, but I'm going to point out, I find it very interesting when you read these verses, the idea of the humble being brought up, that the lowly will be blessed and the rich will be cast away. Sounds a lot like Matthew chapter 5, Jesus' famous sermon on the mount. And I, I realized, and so I began to think through this, and I, I, I did a lot of studying on Mary's song to see, because I don't want to, to, to mispreach this, I don't want to preach heresy by no means, but, and so it begs the question, no one can answer this, it begs the question, was Jesus, and this may seem even heretical, and please don't hear this, okay, pay attention so you don't hear all the words, so you don't catch half of it, because if you catch half of it, I sound like a heretic, and that's not what I mean here, but when Jesus, you know, when she's with baby Jesus, toddler Jesus, child Jesus, and she's sharing her heart, you can see how God 
why God chose Mary, because the same things that God put in Mary's heart are a lot of what Jesus began to preach. Like maybe mommy and telling bedtime stories when mommy was sharing things was also sharing the ideas of Jesus. We must take care of the least of these. Jesus, these are what's important. Now, I don't know. I don't know if if Mary influenced Jesus or if God influenced Mary to influence Jesus or God just influenced Mary for this story for for this song. I don't know, but how how remarkable. When I read the second half of Mary's song, I'm like this sounds an awful lot like the teachings of Jesus. And of course, wouldn't it be that Jesus' mom, earthly mother, had an impact on who Jesus was and some of his, some of his you know, um, streams of, of preaching and teaching. So point number three was the rescuing power of God. That we have, the, the, the first part of her song is our undeserved grace. And then the second part is the rescuing power. And basically what that is outlining, what, she is, what God is revealing to her through her song is the gospel. You see, all of us, all the people you know, all the people you come in contact with, all the people you see in Bilo and Food Line, all the people you work with, all the people you come into contact with, everybody you drive by, in next to, behind, in front of, all of these people are in the same place. We are all sorry sapsuckers in need of grace. We're all sinners in need of forgiveness. We're all sinners in need of the gospel. That's all of us. That is the great equalizer of everyone. And none of us deserve the grace we're given. Those of us who have surrendered our life and we are sure, assured of our salvation, and if we were to die today, we know that we would be going to heaven. That assurance makes us n- none of us any better than anyone else outside these walls because we don't deserve any of it. That undeserved grace is the theme of the first part of Mary's song, and then the rescuing power is the theme, knowing that God has the power to separate the evil from the good. That power that God has to rescue us is the second part of the gospel message that we don't deserve it and he's the only one to pow- with the power to save us, to rescue us. And so as we enter into this Christmas season, that, that gospel message has got to be very clear to us that, that without Jesus, there is no hope, there is no joy, there is no love, there is no peace. So as we go, I started talking about joy and what joy is not happiness. And so if joy is not happiness, what is joy? Well, in college, uh, me and Audrey used to go to this home Bible study. This is before they did home groups. This is before then. This is, you know, you know, just this girl. Uh, she had a Bible study in her living room. And so we would go to her Bible study on uh, Tuesday nights and go. And, and it was invite only. It was kind of this cool thing. And um, it was just a time for college students to come together and study God's Word. And it was a wonderful time. And Jennifer was just adorable. She was just, you know, just cute as a button, um, silly, goofy, that kind of thing. 
we worked together in a Christian bookstore, and I remember I was having a tough time and uh, went to my, my counter, and on my counter was this little um, fuzzball, and she said, Sean, you're my warm fuzzy and a cold prickly of life. You know, that was kind of her, okay? That was this weird chick. And um, so we were talking about joy in this Bible study. She said, I have a definition of joy, and it stuck with me. Um, I can give you definitions from my commentaries. I can give you definitions from when I was in Bible college or seminary. None of those are at all helpful at all, okay? This is great. Definition of joy. Jesus overcomes yucky stuff. That's it. Jesus overcomes yucky stuff. Uh, It's not very, I know, it's like, I I even thought about it. Should a pastor be saying yucky stuff from the pulpit of God? You know, but, uh, but yeah, but that's, that's exactly what joy is. Joy is not a, an emotion. Joy is the recognition that Jesus overcomes all the yucky stuff in my life. Jesus overcomes the, the pain. Jesus overcomes whatever, fill in the blank. And so I began thinking about what are the yucky stuff that we experience at Christmas time. And so what is the yucky stuff? What, what, what are the things that we deal with? What are some of the common yucky stuffs we deal with at Christmas? And number one, Jesus overcomes anxiety. I thought about this because I've heard so many stories and seeing so many Facebook posts and hearing, uh, you know, seeing so many tweets about how people are just fed up with Christmas and they hate Christmas because of all the stuff and they're anxious because of the parties and because of all this stuff. And, and I get that. And so I, I just want to remind us of a, of a passage, uh, Mary and Martha, about Mary and Martha. And I don't have it on my Bible pulled up, and I think I have the scripture verses pulled up. Here we go. Uh, let's read this together. Um, now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted, think, remember that word, with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Is there a next one? Oh, nope. I gave it all. All right. And so Jesus said, Martha, why are you striving? Which I love that word. Why are you striving? Mary has chosen the greater thing. Okay? And so that's a wonderful thing. When we look at Mary and Martha, we can be striving so much. We can be striving to make the, uh, to, to wrap the presents, to buy the presents. We can be striving to make all the donuts and uh, biscuits. Well, I don't know what y'all make. What y'all bake for cookies and stuff and, and, and you know, fruitcake. Does anyone eat fruitcake? Anyway, you, you strive and you do those things. But We need to be careful not to allow the striving to rob us of the important thing, and that is Jesus. So Jesus overcomes anxiety by us recognizing to stop striving. Take a moment. Take a breath. Second thing that we often uh, deal with during Christmas is Jesus overcomes depression. Um, This this season uh, is the highest rate of suicide than any other time throughout the year. Um, There are different reasons for that. Um, Sometimes it's because you look around and people are sharing happiness and joy and family and they may have lost their family. Um, And it just hurts too much. Maybe they didn't lose their family, but maybe they grew up with family that hurt them. 
And so just seeing all of this family joy is just too much to bear. Maybe it's just the weather. It's just gray. It's just dark. Maybe they just can't seem to find this joy everyone is seeking. And so they, um, they feel like they have nothing to turn to. In Psalm 30, sorry, Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12 says, you have, turned for, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. I think that if we're able to, one, like the Mary and Martha story, stop striving, stop... Um, you know, to, to turn to Jesus, to turn to Scripture, to turn to praising, to turn to singing. I can tell you, this is my family's curse. Depression is my family's curse. Suicide, uh, depression, all of this anxiety, these things are what my family, uh, particularly my mom's side of the family, deals with. And I tell you, whenever I feel depression starting to ease or ooze into my spirit, I have to get into God's Word. I have to sing praises. I have to start doing things for others because what depression will do will start forcing you to think about yourself, how I feel, how I am not happy, how I, how I. And depression forces us so much on a, a selfish point of view, and I have to purposefully and very diligently turn that towards Christ. And so I have to listen to sermons. I have to listen to praise songs. I have to tell people. I have to talk to people. I have to get out there. And I don't want to because if I'm depressed, all I want to do is curl up into my bed and cry and hate everything. But what I have to do is I have to force myself out and praise the Lord. And Jesus turns my morning into dancing. The cure for both anxiety and depression in this Christmas season is joy in the aspect of it's Jesus. It's Jesus that overcomes the anxiety. It's Jesus that overcomes the depression. We have to turn our lives over to Jesus. That first Christmas season as Mary ended up walking up to Elizabeth because she needed to share this experience with someone. And Elizabeth immediately felt John rejoice inside her. And she, was, she knew exactly what was going on. Because he, Jesus, was the hope of the world. Jesus was going to be the, be the one to bring joy. So, closing questions, thoughts. What is Jesus overcoming in your life? Or what do you need him to help you overcome? Because that's what joy, that's where joy comes in. When I can look at my life and see what he has overcome. Last night I was cleaning up my room and I came across my journal from this past year that I finished. And it started um, last in June of 2018 as we began to ramp up this church plant. It was so funny. 
reading those posts, reading those um, those writings, those ideas, those prayers, those all of those things, all of those things I was praying for, all of the the plans I was putting forth for the church. And there was one blank page at the end, and last night I wrote, as I read this journal, I recognize none of this worked, but God was faithful in it all. None of it was how I planned, but God was faithful. And I went to sleep with joy. Which is odd because I felt really, really inadequate as a leader because there was an entire journal filled with plans and ideas that none of which came to pass. But I went to sleep with joy because he had overcome every problem that we came across this year. And I slept with joy because I know that He is the overcomer. That when you place your perspective on Jesus this Christmas season and not ourselves, that's where the overcoming takes place. That's where the joy comes from. Is Again, happiness is when the external affects you. Joy is when the internal comes out and affects everyone else. Joy comes from the inside. And so this season... I'm trying, I'm striving, I'm, I'm trying my hardest to experience joy, to allow Jesus to overcome the anxiety, to overcome the stuff that interferes with our life. Because I want people to see a believer in Jesus that has joy. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, we busyness is not a sin. Striving striving is not a sin and having seasons of um extra stuff in our life is neither good nor bad. But when it robs us of our focus on you, then we get into bad territory. And so, God, I pray that you would give us give us the awareness through your Holy Spirit. Awaken our, our hearts. Tweak our spirits, Lord, as we fail to focus on you. When our lives become less about joy and more about stuff. God, we love you. We thank you that you are the overcomer and the giver of joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Go and sin no more. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Live Oak Church Podcast. Please consider partnering with us or signing up for our newsletter by going to liveoakji.org. Have a great week. And remember to love God, love people, and live boldly.